Live from Lemert Park, USA, I'm Tavis Smiley, and you're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. So glad to see you and me back in stride again. And our phone number, 1-800-920-1580, 1-800-920-1580. All of our socials can be found at KBLA 1580. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, everything at KBLA 1580. Let me also invite you right now to download our app and take us with you anywhere in the world and listen to us in real time by downloading the app right now at KBLA 1580. Should you miss us any day in real time, check out the podcast of our program by going to the app, the website, Anchor, Spotify, Apple, so many places to get the uh, podcast of this program and listen at your leisure should you miss us any day in real time. But I am delighted to have you along live with us today for the next three hours. You can also watch the live stream of this program by tapping on the KBLA TV icon on our app or by going to our YouTube channel. And you want to do that right about now because our first guest is live in studio with us today. Let me also invite you to follow me on Facebook and Instagram at The Real Tavis Smiley and get Twitter updates at Tavis Smiley. Another great show on tap for you today in our second hour How to Human. How to Human. Three ways to. Uh, share life beyond what distracts, divides, and disconnects us. We will talk with Carlos Whitaker about how we can refuse to let disagreements define us, how we can say no to being perennially upset, rage-filled humans, how we can become builders, not demolitionists. Author Carlos Whitaker joins us in hour two to talk about becoming better versions of ourselves, and should we all want that as a goal in 2023 and beyond. In our third hour, California is stunned and staggered, I think it's fair to say, by these deadly back-to-back mass shootings. 11 people in Southern California's Monterey Park just two days ago and seven more victims in Northern California near San Francisco yesterday. What gives? We will talk with Dr. with uh, Dr. George's Benjamin, executive director of the American Public Health Association, about the alarming public health crisis of gun violence. And more importantly, what to do about it once we get to our final hour today in hour three. But in this first hour today, speaking of a public health crisis, yesterday, L.A. Mayor Karen Bass and other city and county officials lauded the selection of Dr. Valicia Adams-Kellum as the new CEO of LASA, the Los Angeles Homeless Services Authority. She is now the sister tasked with leading the charge in reducing and eradicating homelessness in the greater Los Angeles area. She has served as president and CEO of St. Joseph Center for 15 years now, and I am pleased, delighted, and honored to welcome her into the studios of KBLA Talk 1580 for her very first sit-down interview since her appointment just yesterday. Thank you for the honor, Dr. Adams Kellum. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. It's a delight to have you on. Lots to talk about. Glad we've got the hour. Thank you for the time. Um, let me start with this. I, I, I thought when I walked in the studio um, to say congratulations to you, and I, I still am, <laughs> but, but this is a tall task. Uh, are you sure? Are you sure <laughs> that you really want to do this? This is a lot of work. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of work. Yeah. But leading St. Joseph Center over the last 15 years has been a lot of work as well. Mm-hmm. You may have read and heard that when I took over in 2008, we were a small nonprofit. Mm -hmm. 
about $6 million organization with about 100 staff. And today we have over 400 staff and our budget's about $50 million. So I'm not afraid of difficult tasks, but certainly this one is monumental. Uh, we are in a crisis. And as the mayor has said, uh, it's one that we must address immediately. I think we have a number of things in place that we can uplift. We have a city now led by uh, Mayor Bass mm -hmm. that is aligned and focused. The city council has supported her efforts and funded her first tranche of what it will take to, to do the work around Inside Safe. And she has a number of directives that uh, focus on addressing the crisis. And we have a board of supervisors who have joined her in calling out the emergency and the crisis. So uh, LASA stands in the middle of those two entities as the bridge and joint powers authority to bring alignment. And I think that's what's been missing. It's such a monumental task because there's been a lot of energy, but it hasn't been focused energy. Yeah. Uh, a lot to talk about in this hour. Uh, and uh, you've uh, teed up a few things already, including um, the fact that LASA is in the middle of the city and the county. That's a drama conversation on itself. We'll get to that, I promise, later in this hour. But let me let me just start with this, um, or continue with this, I should say. To your mind, how did this become, use the word crisis, indeed it is. It was talked about all during the campaign between Caruso and Bass, and she has made this her priority. There have been all kinds of stories written about whether or not she can actually do what she promised she was going to do. We'll talk about that. Um, there are stories written about whether or not she's putting so much focus on the homelessness issue that she is letting other issues uh, get uh, disregarded uh, and not paying enough attention on uh, other issues. And again, mayor of L.A. is a huge task, and I, I don't envy Karen Bass, Mayor Karen Bass. Uh, but we'll talk about that as well. But for now, to your mind, how did this become uh, you run a center for 15 years and run it successfully. And those numbers you just laid out are amazing. You started with 100 staff. Now you got over 400. Your budget's over $50 million. So you know what you're doing. To your mind, how did this become the crisis that it is today for our city? Well, I think we've ignored it for far too long. And I think that there were intentional policies and practices, um, zoning types of laws and uh, disregard for people in great need and intentional we, intentional wow. policies and practices and we see from redlining you know to a number of practices even in right here in our city and a lack of dedication to building affordable housing mm -hmm. in keeping with our population growth even housing in general let mm -hmm. alone uh, affordable housing and so people are not making enough to make the rent uh, of course your listeners talk about that uh, on your show all the time mm -hmm. and it's at a crisis level we're finding that most people are just a paycheck away from being homeless uh, we have so many people who are on the streets both in the city and county as you know but the vast majority are unhoused so you can have homelessness without the high levels of unsheltered homelessness mm -hmm. so it's made our crisis even greater certainly the covid uh, tragedy and pandemic has exacerbated things and certainly people living in encampments were allowed to stay in those encampments and they grew considerably because it was safer to keep people in those in encampments in tents rather than making them move from day to day uh, and certainly the spread of uh, the virus would have been even exacerbated 
So there's a lot to speak to why we're in this situation, and certainly the overrepresentation of black people mm-hmm. is of note. We know that we make up about, what, 9% of the general population and 35 to 40% of those who are unhoused, and we know that that is due to systemic racism. So you take that, you take uh, the... Uh, over-representation of black people who are incarcerated, uh, those coming out of foster care and into the streets who do not have the right passage and uh, those who are emancipating without housing. And all of that has turned into a tragedy and a crisis that we're facing. Her appointment yes, uh, just, uh, yesterday was big news all over the L.A. Times today, all over the news last night, uh, indeed regional, statewide, national news because this issue of homelessness is such a huge issue, and so her appointment is a big deal. She's the new CEO of the Los Angeles Homeless Services Authority. Uh, you hear that term, LASA, uh, the uh, moniker throughout the hour. Um, so she's the new CEO of LASA. We'll talk to her throughout the rest of this hour. It occurs to me, as, uh, as uh, Valicia, Dr. Adams Cullum, uh, Kellum was talking a moment ago, that there are now sisters running everything, and I want to get to that as well in this hour. And whether or not that seriously will make a difference, in how this issue gets attended to. The sister uh, mayor is Karen Bass. All five women now run the county board of supervisors. Uh, now you got a sister running Lhasa. Um, so let's see if we can't make a difference on that issue. And I wonder whether or not seriously uh, that will impact the way this issue gets treated. Uh, we've had a bunch of men running things for years around here, and uh, we see the state that we are in uh, not getting much better. So let's see if that will make a difference. But again, a great deal more to talk about. Glad I got it for the hour. Dr. Valicia adams Kellum is the new CEO of LASA, and she's on KBLA Talk 1580. We've got a lot to talk about. Good thing we've got three hours. More of Tavis Smiley when we come forward. Your assumptions. And expanding your inventory of ideas. Let's get back to Tavis Smiley on KBLA Talk 1580. Let's get back to Dr. Valicia Adams-Kellum on KBLA Talk 1580. We love exclusives around here, and this is yet another exclusive brought to you by KBLA Talk 1580, her very first sit-down conversation. Since being appointed yesterday, uh, the new CEO of LASA, the Los Angeles Homeless Services Authority, uh, and I'm delighted to have her live in studio with us for the rest of this hour. Um, let me let me get your assessment. Let me and maybe assessment's not the right word um, for those who've not been following this, and many of us have. Of course, it was the topic during the campaign, as I mentioned, the issue of homelessness and the unhoused. Um, remind us what Karen Bass has done as mayor since day one. She's done that with you, of course. We knew this. Uh, uh, this uh, appointment was uh, was uh, was coming. And by the way, congrats on a unanimous vote. And you didn't just get the position. They did it unanimously for you. So congrats on that. Speaks to your your pedigree and all the work you've done, the fine work you've done so far, Dr. Adams Kellum. Um, but she made a big deal of this on day one. She didn't go to City Hall. We know where she went. Take us back to day one. Tell me what she has done, what you have done with her since her uh, being in office. She's only been there just over a month now. What's happened so far on this issue? Well, we have someone who kept her promises, right? So Mayor Bass promised that she would call an emergency, believes that we are in a state of emergency around homelessness, and that is what she did day one. You agree with that, I assume? And I do. Okay, great. Absolutely. And I'm glad to see that the Board of Supervisors agrees as well. And we were at what they call the EOC, Emergency Operations uh, uh, Center, where she called us all together, uh, heads of the departments, head of um, the Measure H, uh, Sheree 
Tordoff, um, also the CEO and CAO, CEO of the county, CAO of, of the city, and um, the lead service providers that would be tasked with addressing homelessness. And she called us together and made sure that she knew that that was going to be the focus of her first 100 days, mm-hmm. ensuring that we are addressing the crisis and that we would work together, both the city and county and service providers in a way like never before. The next thing was a directive around affordable housing, mm-hmm. really calling the developers um, together with the city departments to make sure we're overcoming any barriers to the speedy development and lease up and move in of people who are unsheltered or unhoused or in our interim housing spaces. And then followed that with a directive of, of Inside Safe, which specifically addresses the encampment crisis. Mm-hmm to then bring services uh, led by service providers to people who are unhoused, living in encampments, to ensure that they're moving into a safe place. Talk to me about the encampment crisis, because the thing I think that drives most Angelinos um, crazy, and maybe that's the, the wrong phrase here, but the thing that disturbs most of us, that gets most of our attention, certainly, are these encampments. You see them everywhere. I've had to deal with them around this studio. Uh, and it's always difficult because on the one hand, you want to be sensitive to those. I, I literally, a few weeks ago, uh, came here on the weekend. Uh, building is empty. I'm trying to get into the building. I pull up in the back of the building, and there are a couple of folk laying in front of the gate, and I can't literally access entrance to my building. And I stood there for a while, uh, Dr. Adams Kellum, because I didn't want to, you know, force them to move and be rude. That's not my nature, not my style. Joyce and Emory didn't raise me that way. On the other hand, I got an apartment I did get inside for and I stood there and tried to talk to them, and, and uh, I literally ended up texting someone I know. I should have texted you. Uh-huh. I texted someone I know to ask them, you know, how should I handle this? Uh, and they said, offer them some water. Offer them some water, and conversation ensued. And eventually we, we were able to, to address the situation uh, and get one of them the help that they needed almost immediately. But it took me some doing to, 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 to navigate through that. Mm-hmm. Most of us don't have that sort of patience, or some don't even have the interest to deal with that. Um, but these encampments just, you know, you drive around the city. It's a, it's an eyesore. It's a, it's a health crisis. Uh, it's a public safety issue. All the stuff that you know better than I could ever uh, enunciate. Uh, but we see that. Um, so tell me how you see the work you're going to do addressing specifically the encampment crisis. All right. So what you're talking about is human suffering, mm-hmm. and that's why you paused, because you could see that people were in need. Let me, let me, let me, let me cut it right quick. Uh-huh. Just speaking of pausing, do you believe, and I love that phrase, do you believe that most of us see those encampments as human suffering? I think the vast majority of people see it as human suffering. You do? I do. Yeah. I think there's also frustration that with all the money we have, and who we are as a city that we haven't done a better job Mm -hmm. to address it. But I have found that when folks call about encampments, and even when we did the big effort on Oceanfront Walk Mm -hmm. a year and a half ago, most people wanted to know what was going to happen to the people. They didn't just want us to get rid of the Mm -hmm. encampment. Even the most recent work in Venice, what we've heard most from the neighbors is we're just so glad people got help. Mm So it is human suffering. We need to respond to it as a human suffering type of crisis. Mm-hmm. So we have to do it from a human humanitarian perspective. And yes, we will do that. But I think what's missing and has been missing is coordination, mm-hmm. leadership, and vision. We need to be clear 
that it isn't right for anyone to live outdoors. And the mayor talked a lot about that during her campaign, that she didn't believe anyone should live outdoors. It's not a place for folks. We camp outdoors, Mm -hmm. but living outdoors in the way that people are suffering in encampments is not right. Mm -hmm. And I have found that even um, folks who sometimes say no to our assistance initially, it's mainly because they've adapted to inhumane circumstances. It's Mm. the way that people adapt to poverty. Um, It's the way that sometimes people engage in violence in communities. These are things that people have adapted to, unfortunately, and we have to change that around. I think about the way we talk to kids about um, not getting involved in gangs. Mm -hmm. They're right there. They're part of the community, but it's not something we want them to be a part of. So we educate them. This is not for you. This isn't the way your your life has to go. There is a plan and purpose. We have to say the same thing to people in encampments. Many of them, years and years of of living in poverty— mental illness, drug and alcohol addiction, many have given up and don't see a way out. And we have to show them a path out of that suffering. And we have to do it collectively. It's going to take the city and county to do it. The service providers are out there every day, boots on the ground. Mm -hmm. But without the city and county departments that are so important that we've pulled together in Inside Safe. We, we, no one entity can do it alone. LASA can't do it alone. But with a path forward in LASA, in, in, in a focused uh, effort to collaborate and bring together resources with a, a real, um, I would say, courageous mm. and bold approach, I think we can address this problem. I've heard everything you've said in the last <clears throat> three or four minutes, and I am still stuck on that notion of human suffering. Let me come back to that again before we move forward. Um, I want to believe that you are right in your assessment that the majority of fellow citizens in this city, and for that matter, this state and beyond, this is not just an L.A. issue. This station is flagshipped here. We're heard across the country as you are being seen and heard across the nation right now. Um, so this issue is not just L.A. centric, as you well know, but it's certainly a, a major crisis in Los Angeles. As we said already three or four times, it was the topic du jour uh, during the campaign for mayor between Caruso and Bass and Karen Bass, of course, is the victor in that race. Um, thank God for Jesus. I'll leave that alone. Anyway. <laughs> um, amen. Yeah. Amen. OK. Um, this notion that we believe most of us, your notion that, we, that most of us believe that this is human suffering when we see it. Let me push back on that, because. Um, if 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 we really saw this as the human suffering that it is, we could not have ignored it for as long as we have. Mm-hmm. Your assessment was that we've turned a blind eye to this and not just the people. But let me just indict these politicians. Um, these politicians have turned oftentimes a blind eye to this. And even when there's been money, the people have passed measures. This may be an augmenting your point. The people have voted to pass tax measures to to to, to provide more funding for this issue. And still. The issue hasn't been addressed. So something is just gnawing at me. I want to accept. I want to believe your framework. Uh, I want to get inside of it. But if we if we really believe that this were human suffering, I can't then juxtapose or square how it is we've ignored it for this long and nothing has really been done to alleviate it. Humans don't see suffering and ignore suffering that way unless either there's something wrong with us or unless, number two, respectfully, your framework is wrong. Well, it's possible, but let me offer this. We see poverty every day, and mm-hmm. it is also human suffering. You're making my point. <laughs> but there is not always a clear solution. Yeah. What I've found is that 
our electeds and our citizens are deeply concerned and they see the human suffering. Mm -hmm. What we're struggling with is a solution. And I think that's why there's so much enthusiasm for what Mayor Bass is doing because she's offering a solution. Is it the only solution? Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. But she's been bold and courageous in offering one. And you see how people are aligning up and aligning. Mm -hmm. And she even said that even in D.C. recently, the other mayors of the various cities are saying, what are you doing? Tell us more about this emergency. Tell us more about Inside Safe. It's not the only solution, but I think that's what we've been desperate for. So I do believe it's about human suffering, but it's also about a solution. Are the solutions that, I'm looking at my clock, I've got two minutes before news, traffic, and sports, so we'll continue this on the other side. Okay. But are the solutions really that complex? Maybe they are. I don't know. You tell me. You know, it's interesting. I was talking to a county official and she suggested that some of this um, that we talk about in Insight Safe, she'd heard before. And I said, of course you have. Multidisciplinary teams getting together, nurses and physicians and psychiatrists, uh, outreach workers with lived experience, uh, resources in hand to respond to need. This is not that complicated. Mm. The coordination is what's complicated. And getting in the same boat and rowing in the same direction, uh, that's been missing. And Mayor Bass and the Board of Supervisors, the, 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 count, the, you know, the county officials, city council, they're all making a commitment to, to row in the same direction. And that's what's different. So to your point now, clearly we have the skill. The, the, the penultimate question is, do we have the will? I believe we do. Do you think, uh, and I'm not asking tongue-in-cheek at all, I'm very serious about this. Um, I said a moment ago that we have for, 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 for a long time, perhaps for too long, indeed for too long, um, had our country, our states, our cities run by men. This is a unique situation here now because the, the mayor is a woman. All county uh, uh, board of supervisors are women. Uh, you obviously are a woman as the new CEO of, of Lhasa. And when we come forward after news, traffic, and sports, I want to come back to that. Because you mentioned earlier that what's been missing is coordination, leadership, and vision. I want to interrogate each, each of those three things. Coordination, leadership, and vision. We'll come back to that first one, that middle one first, leadership. And whether or not you think that having women now in charge of addressing this issue will make a difference. Uh, I certainly hope so. But I think there's a greater sense of understanding, perhaps a greater sense of sen- a greater sense of sensitivity, perhaps a great deal more brilliance <laughs> uh, that now is being brought to bear uh, on this issue of, of uh, homelessness in Los Angeles County and beyond. We will talk more about that and a great deal more to get to. So delighted to have her in studio. So glad to have her for the full hour. Dr. Belicia Adams-Kellum is the new CEO of LASA, the Los Angeles Homeless Services Authority. You saw all, all, all over the news last night and today, but her first conversation is on KBLA Talk 1580. Be sure to like and follow Tavis Smiley at The Real Tavis Smiley. And get Twitter updates at Tavis Smiley. The conversation continues when we come forward. forward. Everybody is somebody and nobody is a stranger. You belong here. <laughs> You do indeed belong here, and I'm delighted to have you here in this hour. Um, and um, so honored to have Dr. Valicia Adams Kellum, who has granted KBLA Talk 1580 her very first sit down conversation since being appointed yesterday by the mayor as the new CEO of the Los Angeles Homeless Services Authority, better known as LASA. I was saying to uh, Dr. Adams Kellum during the break, uh, and she knows this, of course, I work for Tom Bradley. When I first met her 30 years ago, I was working for Tom Bradley, as I recall. Uh, and uh, this program, LASA, started under the Bradley administration. And I was just thinking that, you know how long ago that was, and we're still dealing with this issue. And 
to the minds of many of us, not making much progress. That's a long time. Well, they mentioned that yesterday yeah. as Wendy Gruel was involved in that sure. 30 years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of Wendy Gruel, uh, this issue I raised a moment ago about all of these sisters now running everything in L.A. County, uh, Board of Supervisors, five women, Karen Bass, historic election as the first woman and second African-American, speaking to Tom Bradley, to be mayor of the city. Now they select you uh, unanimously, a black woman, to be the CEO of uh, Lhasa. I, I'm loving all this. I'm loving all this uh, on the one hand. On the other hand, that's a whole lot of pressure that y'all sisters are under. Um, tell me seriously, uh, in the work that you've done all these years at St. Joseph, 15 years as their uh, president and CEO, you think it makes a difference when, when women are at the table on these kinds of issues? Well, I keep hearing Lamone Adams, my dad, may rest in peace, saying, don't let the brothers down here. Don't leave mm -hmm. us out of this. Mm -hmm. I believe that there is something special that women bring to a crisis. Mm -hmm. Let me say that. Mm -hmm. We believe in collective action. We are collective people in general. We bring life into existence, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But not without our, our men, right? So we know that uh, women often, and we're not a monolith, uh, do find that collective action is a part of a solution uh, to a crisis. Just let one of our sisters hit a bump in the road or have a difficult time. The sisters gather mm -hmm. and we pray and we lift that sister up and we make sure she's going to be okay. And we do that in our families. We do that in our communities. And we'll do that with this crisis. So it is a profound um, honor to join the women that you just noted and lock arms with them and to really raise up community and collective action, yeah. which is what it's going to take. And I think a, a fair amount of humility and space sharing, mm. you know, really not worried about who's going to get the credit on this one because we're all blamed if we mm. don't get it right. Mm -hmm. That's the leadership issue. You raised three issues earlier, coordination, leadership, vision. That's the leadership piece. Uh, let me come to the vision piece. The Bible that I read, same one you read, says where there is no vision, the people perish. What is the vision here? What do you, what do you see? How do you see this issue being different when Karen Bass stands for re-election in four years? I think it all started with her calling out the crisis, the emergency. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned earlier that the, the city is large and she has a, a number of areas of focus and uh, concerns that are beyond homelessness. But I think any good leader focuses on the most pressing, imminent concern. Mm -hmm. And the suffering on our streets is that. And I think it deserves her attention. And I understand from many polls that the citizens of Los Angeles agree. Not only that, they believe she's most responsible to address it. Mm -hmm. So I believe she's doing not only what she promised, but what's called for in this moment. So the vision is to address street homelessness. And by doing so, we also decrease homelessness overall. I'm excited to hear, and she noted it, that uh, President Biden has also set as a goal of reducing homelessness across the country by 25 percent uh, by the year 2025. And with L.A. being so pivotal to that, uh, we make up 30 percent of California's homeless population and um, about that same amount, a little more, a little less of the state. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sorry, of the United States. And so we, we've got some doing. Um, that we have to lead in. And if we get there in L.A., uh, so will California and so will 
the United States. So uh, this is a focus that we we must lean into. The vision will include not just encampments, because that's one piece of it, but the true test of an effective intervention is housing. Uh, permanent housing is the solution to homelessness. And so as the mayor suggested in her first directive, we must build housing more swiftly. It must be more affordable and accessible. And so all the systems in the city and county must stand up now and pay close attention and do whatever is necessary to be swift in housing people. Let me ask you a quick question about housing. And this just, you know, I'm I'm no expert here. You're the expert. I'm just a a lowly talk show host. But it seems (laughs) to me that if everyday people who do, in fact, have jobs, who want to be homeowners, I can't tell you the folks that are coming into my mind right now, some in this building, who have been looking to buy homes for quite some time now. And these are everyday people with means, with jobs, who can't afford to buy a home in Los Angeles. If everyday people who are gainfully employed can't afford to buy homes because of this housing crisis, this housing shortage, then how do we think we're going to house homeless people? Well, you make a good point, and that's where we have to get really creative. I mean, sometimes it might be pods and creative ways, as long as, the mayor always says, a space without someone's uh, having access to their own bathroom is not a space for permanency. That's mm-hmm. her, her thinking. Uh, we have lots of models and ways that we've um, you know, leaned on single-room occupancy uh, spaces and and those have a role to play but ultimately we need to get really creative about space and making sure that we are doing what we call shared housing mm-hmm. for people that that works for and uh, putting families even together who can collectively uh, purchase spaces i think community developments need to have more envisioning around what it takes for people to own the space they're living in and there's talks of that but I just don't think it's as focused, and I think it needs to be included in this conversation. Speaking of vision, um, what do you intend to do? That's the that's the ultimate question. You are the new CEO of LASA, the Los Angeles Homeless Services Authority. What does Dr. Valicia Adams-Kellum intend to do? Well, I believe that Supervisor Janice Hahn said it best yesterday at the press conference. I will move with urgency. It's a beneficial in a sense that I have been a part of this Mm -hmm. for the last 15 years as a lead service provider in the space. So I've been in all the meetings complaining. I've been in all the meetings talking about what needs to happen to make things work, to ensure that people move swiftly through the system from homelessness to housing. And I'm going to act swiftly. I have the lists. I have the letters that I've co-written over the years uh, to the various leaders, some of which they've put into place and some of it not not uh, yet or Mm -hmm. still on the table. And so I'm going to bring those pieces together and get to work. I I told someone yesterday, I don't think we need another meeting. I think we just need to go to every list, every letter and act. So how how, how do you coordinate all that? Because that's the other thing on your list that you've got the city and the county and they historically haven't always gotten along. (laughs) Sometimes don't even speak to each other. How do you coordinate all that? Because to your point earlier, which I heard you loud and clear, now, this is not necessarily a vision problem. This is not a will problem or a skill problem. It's not a, uh, a a problem of not caring about the human suffering. It is a coordination problem. How do you coordinate all that? I mean, it's one of the reasons why I said yes to the LASA position, because since the mayor took office 
and we saw the coordination and collaboration, the sisterhood, if you will, between uh, her and the Board of Supervisors, it gave me this feeling like this was a moment of coordination, that mm -hmm. people were going to go beyond uh, the no and get to yes. And we've already started that. There's already deep collaboration. There is a daily huddle between the city and county. The reason why there's a buzz about Insight Safe is because it involves the city, the county, and service providers. So yes, we will get together and coordinate because I believe the urgency and the frustration exists in the city and county of why can't we get past our mm -hmm. barriers and our difficulties and come up with solution. So we will get together, but the lists are already made. Everyone knows what needs to get done. We just need to prioritize. We need to be very smart about where we start uh, because there are some things that are going to be a part of the short-term solution and some things will take some time because the system in some ways needs repair. So we'll start uh, with the short list, the things that we can get done in the first 100 days, and I will bring folks from city and county people in community, service providers, of course, per people with lived experience, folks who are both homeless and previously housed, and we'll get together and we'll get it done. But we are not, we don't need months and months of discussions. Uh, we have the list and we need to act. When we come forward, I want to ask you um, directly um, about the following. I, I have in my career uh, oftentimes seen politicians who are well-intended they see the problem. They know what needs to be done. To your point, you don't need any more meetings, any more white papers. And yet they end up being frozen by the fear of making mistakes. They know everybody's watching. They know what's riding on this. They end up being frozen by the fear of making mistakes. I want to talk about that uh, when we come forward. Our guest, Dr. Valicia Adams-Kellum. The new CEO of LASA, the Los Angeles Homeless Services Authority. You're listening to her right now on KBLA Talk 1580. We don't try to be all things to all people. We just remain true to who we are. You're listening to KBLA News right now. Right now. Right now. You've been at this for 15 years as the head of uh, St. Joseph Center, Dr. Valicia Adams Kellum, and I suspect what I said to you um, didn't strike you as some foreign concept that leaders oftentimes get frozen by the fear of making a mistake. Um, you concerned about that with regard to this issue that you've taken on? Well, I get it. No one wants to make a mistake. And I know when I started at St. Joseph Center, I certainly didn't want to bring that entity down. I wanted it to be better mm -hmm. uh, than ever. And uh, I want the same thing for Lhasa. I think the moment of pause and being frozen is, is behind us. I, I don't think we can afford to, to be frozen in this space. So I'm going to be bold and I am going to take some risks. I, I think one of the things that's been helpful, uh, and the mayor is, is just uh, an amazing leader and so wise. And so her point and to Mercedes Marquez, her, her uh, deputy over homelessness and housing and, and the whole effort has said we're going to get to scale and that we're going to learn from the process. So people who are building something new, if they don't build in a learning process, a space and place where we can um, make incremental uh, changes mm -hmm. and um, fix anything that's broken along the way or doesn't work out, I think they, there's 
a misstep there and that uh, I think it can cause us to move forward and not correct, make mid-course corrections mm -hmm. in the process. So that frees us up, those of us that want to be thinking outside the box or entrepreneurial in the way we do things. Uh, we want to know we can make mistakes, that they will be tolerated and corrected, mm -hmm. and that there's room for learning along the way. What does getting to scale mean, though? Well, if I use Insight Safe for uh, an, as an example, then you know we've started. There's been a couple of encampments that we've worked on. It came out of work that we were doing in Venice and other areas. And so, in the next week or two, we will probably multiply that by two or three. We will have four, five, six, seven various encampment efforts going on simultaneously. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure your listeners are like, okay, great. When does it come to our area? Mm -hmm. Well, it is coming uh, to, to an area near you soon. Uh, the mayor has a vision for this scaling, and she wants it to scale swiftly. We've started off small, and we're building now to where we can get to scale. And, and we'll be learning along the way. Part of the Inside Safe directive was that there would be a report and a model going forward to really institutionalize inside safe and that's what we're building upon and and moving towards because i've known you for 30 years believe it or not um when i saw saw the news yesterday of your appointment which we knew was impending um i was thrilled and delighted uh, both for the city because i know your integrity and the work that you've done uh, but but for you personally it's, it's a huge opportunity it, it is um uh, as you said, it's a risk, um, but it's a risk, a risk worth taking. Obviously, you've calculated that with your family. That's a risk worth taking, and I'm glad to see that you stepped up to offer yourself to be the public servant uh, that we need in this arena at a moment such as this. When we come forward in our remaining moments, I want to go back to what we began this conversation, uh, St. Joseph Center. Uh, your record there is enviable. What you did there is amazing. Uh, it's because of that track record that everybody um, unanimously voted for you to be the person to run Lhasa. And I want to just uh, close our conversation by going back uh, to St. Joseph and uh, giving you a chance to talk about the work there. And I know you are grateful to your team there and uh, get a chance to shout them out as you leave them now to take on this new assignment. So we'll go back to uh, where it all began 15 years ago at St. Joseph Center with Dr. Valicia Adams. Kellum, when we come forward in our remaining moments with her on KBLA Talk 1580. Say the quiet part out loud. KBLA Talk 1580. Conversations that matter. You're listening to Tavis Smiley on KBLA Talk 1580. We thank Dr. Valicia Adams Kellum for this exclusive conversation on KBLA Talk 1580, her first since being named yesterday as the new CEO of LASA, the Los Angeles Homeless Services Authority. And speaking of exclusives, on Thursday, I can tell you right now, I can announce this right now, on Thursday in our 11 o'clock hour, Chief Michael Moore, the chief of LAPD, will be in the very seat that Dr. Adams Kellum is seated in right now. Uh, Chief Moore here for some tough questioning on Thursday morning in our last hour at 11 a.m. Next Wednesday at 9 a.m., Sheriff Robert Luna in that very chair uh, next Wednesday. So today it's Adams Kellum. Uh, on Thursday at 11, it's Chief Moore. Uh, next Wednesday at 9 a.m., it's uh, Sheriff Robert Luna. So keep uh, your dials tuned to KBLA Talk 1580 for all kinds of exclusive conversations in the days, weeks, months, and hopefully years ahead. I close on this note uh, with Dr. Adams Kellum talking about, uh, uh, we've been talking about Lhasa, her new assignment there, but it all started at St. Joseph Center in the last three minutes. I'm going to give the microphone to you. You did some remarkable work there, so just brag about St. Joseph Center. Take it away. Well, thank you. St. Joseph Center has actually been serving low-income and homeless individuals for 45 years. And when I showed up 15 years ago, uh, we were in a very different place. But what was 
there and what remains is a powerful mission and a group of staff members who are dedicated to what we call the Dear Neighbor. Uh, we really believe it's the way we do the work. It's the heart that we bring to the work. And what I've done, and, and yes, when we started, we were smaller and actually at times had some financial challenges, really, as any kind of small sure. community-based yeah. organization. We really had to turn to what we did best, uh, what we do best. It turned out to be innovative outreach with uh, us being really one of the first organizations to bring mental health to our uh, homeless outreach efforts, as well as street medicine. So we were an innovative model, and you know my background is uh, being a PhD. Mm -hmm. I'm a researcher, I believe in bringing best practice, and I think that is what helped St. Joseph Center stand out because we are, were scrappy and we were eager and we love doing new things and we always bring uh, the best practice as well as research and data. So it helped any of our partners who did work with us to know not only that we were doing good work, but we would show the numbers. Uh, over the years, we grew uh, and eventually moved over into the South Los Angeles area to partner uh, with many organizations. First to Serve is where we are co-located, so it's not not like we're just moving as a West Side agency into mm -hmm. South L.A. We are actually working with South L.A.-based organizations, partnering and raising money together for the people. And now we're um, also in uh, downtown Los Angeles on 333 Central. So our growth has been pretty steady. I think the, the biggest— Pretty phenomenal. Uh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, our partnership with the county has been extraordinary, particularly with the Department of Mental Health. When we started to integrate our practice of not just dealing with the immediate needs and, and emergencies, but also dealing with people who are extremely vulnerable with severe mental illness and bringing that work on board, we grew. And then when we started to work more closely with LASA, uh, through the Measure H initiative, we grew considerably again. But again, growth is not not what we focus on. It's the quality of service. It's bringing excellence. It's making sure that we have the data to back up what we're doing. And it's the mid-course correction that we believe in if uh, there's something we're doing that needs to be retooled. I, I have to do a shout out to my board. Uh, Kevin McCardle, Dr. Uh, Kevin McCardle, now Deacon McCardle, has been my mentor, my friend, um, my guide, uh, being someone that has done all of this without having my father alive. You know, my mom is still alive. And I'll, I'll tell her you said hello. Please do. Mary's doing great. <laughs> but not having Lamone there uh, as someone I could turn to, uh, Dr. McCardle has been someone that's just been amazing uh, and so um, precious to me as I've grown and taken taken risks. And my executive team, uh, my leaders uh, at, at St. Joe's are phenomenal. They're the backbone, and they will continue, I know, to guide St. Joseph Center forward in every way. They were blessed to have you uh, at St. Joseph Center, and I'm sure they'll do fine. Uh, now that you've uh, set things in place, uh, she started out as a partner with Lhasa. Now she is running Lhasa. The new CEO of Los Angeles Homeless Services Authority, Dr. Valicia Adams-Kellum, all the best to you in the coming months and years. You know, you're welcome back here anytime to give us updates on how things are going. Uh, the city, the nation is watching Los Angeles on this issue of homelessness, and I'm glad, delighted that you are the person they chose to lead the fight. Thank you for your time today. Thanks so much, Tavis. Hour two of Tavis Smiley after news, traffic, and sports on KBLA Talk 1580. KBLA 1580 Santa Monica.